Hey, CF family, thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this message encourages you and blesses your life. Well, before you hear this powerful teaching, I want to encourage you to share this message with someone who needs to hear the gospel. You never know what this message can do to the life of that person. Also, we want you to know that wherever you're watching us from, you can still impact the lives of others through your giving. It is through your generosity that we can keep pushing the kingdom of God forward in our city and all over the world. Giving is safe and simple. You can go to our app or you can go to our website, cfmiami.org give. Well, God bless you and I hope you enjoy this message. Hey, CF family. But it is a wonderful when God's children come together to sing, how great thou art, amen? Come on, let's give another shout of praise. Let, it, let heaven hear you. That's right. Man, it is good to be here today. Welcome everybody. My name is Omar and I have the honor and the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And uh, if you are here today for the first time, whether it's uh, one of our campuses or online, listen, we are thrilled, we are honored that you decided to join us on this beautiful day to study God's Word. You know, we're in the middle of a series called The Five Solas. And uh, about 500 years ago, the church went through a reformation. And out of that era, there came about five different truths that are really fundamental to our faith, to what we believe. In the first week, we covered that we are saved by God's grace alone. Last week, we, we uh, learned that we are saved through our faith alone. And today, we're going to be learning on how we are saved through Christ alone. And so I am ready and excited to dive into God's Word. Are you all too? Yeah? Can we give another? Yeah? So wherever you find yourself, open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, and you can follow along with me as I read, all right? Listen to what God's Word says. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord, who? Jesus Christ. And then in John chapter 14, verse 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the what? Yeah, I am the truth and I am the what? Life. No one, no one on earth comes to the Father except through me. That is God's word. You can go and take a seat, everybody, all campuses. And let me start off by sharing this with you. You know, when I was growing up, whenever I would get home from school, I would always run to the television and turn it on. And I remember that as I, as I was turning the channels, a show that was always on at that time was the Oprah Winfrey Show. Do you guys remember, who remembers the Oprah Winfrey Show? By show of hands at all campuses, yeah. A few older ones, right? We kind of remember that show. Now, now follow me here. Because one of the reasons that Oprah's show was so popular was because she always had great topics on that show. And, this, and in fact, she had a series called Belief, uh, aside from her show, that really examined all the different world religions. And that series, Belief, was spurred from uh, a, um, an episode in her talk show where they were just having a really easygoing conversation about life and religion and all these different things. And at one point in that episode in her talk show, the question is, 
of, of, of how you can get to heaven. Do, do all roads lead to heaven? And so take a look at what happened when that topic came up. Now, Marianne uh, Williamson says in her book, Return to Love, that we're always walking in the direction of one or the other, that all of your actions in life, either you're moving toward the darkness or you're moving toward the light. Right. She calls it fear and love. There's this wonderful book called Ishmael by Daniel Quinn, which talks, it, which, which is, anyway, it's a gorilla talking, but anyway, uh, it talks about one of the points it brings out is one of the mistakes that human beings make is believing that there is only one way to live That's and right. that we don't accept that there are diverse ways of being in the world that there are millions of ways to be a and human how do being you please and, god? and many ways no but many paths right. to what you call god that and her path crazy. might be something else and when she gets there she might call it the light but her loving and her kindness and her generosity brings her, if it brings her to the same point that it brings you, it doesn't matter whether she called it God along the way or not. And I guess the danger that could be on that, I mean, it, it sounds great on the onset, but if you really look at both sides, I there could be possibly be just one way. What, what about Jesus? What about Jesus? There isn't only one way. There is one way and only one way, and there that is through Jesus. There couldn't possibly be with because a million you of people say in the world. Isn't. There couldn't possibly be. Because you say, you intellectualize it and say there isn't. If no. you don't believe that, you're all buying into the lie. But that makes you right. Do you think, do you think that if you, if you are somewhere on the planet, where are you so, if you're somewhere on the planet and you never hear the name of Jesus, you never hear the name of Jesus, but yet you live with a loving heart, you lived as Jesus would have had you to live, you lived for the same purpose that Jesus came to the planet to teach us all, but you are in some remote part of the earth and you never heard the name of Jesus, you cannot get to heaven, you think? And that is covered in the scriptures, too. People are talked about that. God knows the heart. Does God care about your heart or God care about if you call his son Jesus? Well, you know... Oprah, God, Jesus cannot come back until that gospel is preached in the four corners of this earth. So, you know, figure it out. Okay, okay, I can't get into a religious argument with you. Wow. Church, that was, that was sense, right? And, and, and the reason I show you that clip is because even decades removed from that, watching a blurry video, folks, listen, you can sense, you can feel the tension in that room when that question came up. And church, let me just bring all of that over to our time together because what an image of the feeling that many of us may experience the moment we have that conversation. And by that I mean that just like there was tension and even confusion in that room. Listen, just like that. And here's the main idea as we dive into God's word today. You know, when we have conversations with the people in our lives, right, with people at work, people in our, fa our family members, our neighbors, and this topic of how to get to heaven comes up, immediately, oftentimes, there is tension in the room already, and really, sometimes there is even confusion. And so, many, because of it, many Christians, they hesitate to dive into this conversation, either because they want to avoid the tension or they're fearful of what they may think if they share what God's word says. But folks, here's what I want us to understand. When we get into those conversations, listen, we cannot base our thoughts on what we wish God would have said, but rather on what God said on in his holy word, amen? 
And who knows, maybe you're watching right now and you're thinking, oh, Mormon, I, I've gotten into those conversations with that coworker or with that family member. Man, and sometimes I don't even know how to explain it. I don't know how to go about it. Or maybe you're here today and it's your first time here. And the truth of the matter is that you've heard so many different points of view that you are confused yourself. And so you're wondering, Omar, what is the way to get to heaven? Well, we're going to find out from Romans chapter 5, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 5. You can also fire up your Christ Fellowship apps, and there you can follow along with or with us, write notes, follow the text. Terrific app. I want to encourage you to download it. And today I have three thoughts for us on who is the only one that can save us and get us to heaven, all right? So here's what you need to know. Write this down as point number one. You all ready? Ready. Yeah? So write this down as point number one. You are saved through Christ alone. Now let's go to the passage for today and listen to what it says. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord, who? Jesus. Jesus Christ. Now pause right there because during the first two weeks of this series, we covered that first of all, we are saved by God's grace alone, right? His unmerited favor, uh, his undeserved kindness was the motivation, was the reason that God decided to save humanity. It was nothing of us. It was all due to God's grace. And then last week we learned that the mechanism, the instrument by which God saves us is our faith, faith alone. However, the question still remains is that what is the object of that faith, right? What, what, what is, who is the person that we put our faith in? Now, the truth is that without God's word, that is a very difficult question to answer. In fact, it has been estimated that throughout recorded history, there have been uh, between 8,000 to 12,000 different gods that people have worshipped. And that's not even including certain, the, the subcategories of certain Hindu gods, Haitian gods, and even certain Oriental gods, right? They all have different structures. But here's what happens. From early on, one of the most amazing things about the gospel is that it brought clarity to the topic. In fact, when our Lord was here on earth, listen, he was very clear when he said that he is the way he is the life, I'm sorry, he is the truth, and he is the life. Amen. No one comes to the Father except through him. Amen. In fact, I almost wish someone in that crowd in that Oprah Winfrey show would have screamed, Jesus is the way, right, the truth and the life, right? I wish somebody would have said that right in the middle of that episode. But folks, even though Jesus was very clear on earth that that was the truth, when Peter, when the church began, and Peter was preaching one of his first sermons. Uh, listen to what he said about Jesus. He said this. He says, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And so, folks, from the beginning of the church, listen, it was very clear that Jesus was the only one that can not only save us from our sin, would grant us access to God the Father. But after 1,500 years, listen, 
the medieval church began to teach doctrines, traditions, rituals, and we've been learning in this series about this, right, that were not found in God's word. And so one of those teachings was that even though the sacrifice of Christ was necessary to save us, it was really not sufficient. And so they began that you needed other people to help you access the Father. And so you can imagine, it began to leave people confused as to what is the best way to approach God. Is it through Jesus? Is it through someone else? What's the best way to approach God the Father? And so a group of men called the Reformers, led by Martin Luther, uh, they fought against these errors that the church was teaching, and one of them was that we are saved and have access to the Father only through Christ. Or in the Latin, right, because that's at that point, that's where they used to write and, and, uh, and read, right? In the Latin, it's solo Christos. In fact, everyone say solo. Solo. Everyone say Christos. Christos. Yeah, solo means alone, and Christos, as you can imagine, means Christ, so Christ alone. And folks, here is what the reformers fought against and argued against. Write this down as small letter A is that a pastor or a priest cannot save you. They cannot save you. So it began to be taught that even though Jesus granted us access to the Father, you know, you still needed a little help and you must go through a pastor or a priest. And folks, unfortunately, they would even use that to manipulate people to get them to do certain things. And folks, there is nothing further from the truth. Because when Christ died on that cross for you and for me, the Bible says that and close to that cross where he was dying, there was the temple of God. And that there was a section where the presence of God resided, and that section was blocked off by a thick veil, a thick, thick veil, which by the way, we taught that several months ago here. And the Bible says that the moment that Christ died on that cross, at that moment, that veil, was torn from top to bottom, indicating the Father was tearing that veil from top to bottom in order to signify that all of sinful humanity now has access to the Holy Father because of the death of Christ. Amen? Amen. And so listen, that was the wonder of the cross, right? It granted us access to the Father. But you know what? Just like 500 years ago, they were making that mistake, Can I tell you that there's a lot of people in our city today that still have that type of mentality. They view, well, the way that I can have access to God and know God is through a pastor or is through a priest. And so many people today, listen, your coworkers, your neighbors, a lot of them have that sort of mentality. But folks, here's here's our reality. The reality is that a pastor or a priest cannot get you closer to God, right? Because only through Christ, he has made that access. That is why every single time at the end of a teaching, if you've been here for a while, you've heard this before, I always make the point that when I'm making an invitation to follow Christ, I always make sure that I say this statement, listen, as you pray this prayer, you don't pray this to me. I'm only a man. You pray this to the God who loves you, who died for you, and has a plan for your life. Because the last thing I want for that moment 
is that person to ever think that they got to go through me to get to the Father. And folks, that is why here at church, we don't have confessionals. I mean, look around. There are no confessionals here. Why? Because listen, when there is something in your life that you need to talk to God about, there's something, a sin, an issue, a concern. Listen, you don't need to come to me. You don't need to go through a priest. You don't need to go through a church leader. You can go directly to the Father because Christ at the cross made access for you. <laughs> Folks, what a wonderful blessing that is that we have access to God. Can I tell you that sometimes though, even the most mature believers could drift back into this sort of mentality. Not exactly the same, but, but let me help you understand what I mean by that. Because sometimes even a mature believer can elevate the teachings or the doctrines of a certain pastor or theologian to an ungodly level. And folks, here is a way that you can kind of self-examine yourself to think if you're drifting back into that type of mentality. Listen, if you are more intrigued with the teachings of a specific pastor about Christ rather than the words of Christ himself, something is wrong. In other words, if you get more excited to, to listen to a sermon or a preaching, to, to, if you get more excited about reading an article, if looking at an old sermon, if, you, if that gets you more excited than waking up and reading the holy word of God, the words of God himself, something is wrong, amen? And so I wanna challenge us, listen, absolutely. Man, has God given us pastors and preachers and leaders to help you, uh, help us out? absolutely. But make no mistake, there's nothing more important than the actual word of God. So if you're listening to more sermons and reading more commentaries rather than reading God's word, something is terribly wrong, amen? amen. So folks, not only did the reformers of the church begin to remind people, right, that they didn't need a priest or a pastor to reach the Father. Listen, they also asserted, write this down as letter B, that past Christians cannot save you. Past Christians cannot save you. You know, another thing that the medieval church was teaching is that if you wanted to ensure that your prayers reach God, then you need to pray in the name of some faithful uh, Christian from the past. And church, here's the logic behind that. Because in people's mind, well, if I pray in the name of some other Christian from the past who was thought to live a very godly life, more godlier than me, then maybe my prayer through them could be more effective or I can have more access to God. And folks, listen, one of the, the most famous people that, pe that people think that they have a better connection through is Mary, the mother of Jesus. And you know, the, as I was just preparing this teaching, I was thinking, you know what? It actually makes sense why someone who really doesn't understand to think that through Mary, they have more access to God than through Christ. You know, just recently, 
uh, I, was, I was thinking, uh, you know, uh, we all know what's happening with inflation and the rising used car prices. Sometimes our used cars are worth more than they were ever worth. So I was thinking, I, mean, I have a used car. I have two babies now. Maybe get myself a little bigger car. And so I called my, my good friend, Rick, who's in the automotive industry. And I explained to him my situation, you know, that car's worth more now. What do you think? And he was thinking, yeah, it's, it's worth at least exploring to see what's out there. And I said, well, this is a car that I'm thinking. He said, well, listen, I actually know the general manager of the car dealership that you are interested in. And I said, really? Huh. All right. And then he said, listen, not only do I know the general manager there, but listen, there is a, a lady in our church, her name is Jackie, a very faithful member of our church. I've known her for years. Listen, she is the mom of the general manager. And I'm like, really? And so Rick is like, hey, I could, I could connect you to him, or if you want, you can always go through Jackie. And listen, I said, Rick, I appreciate you helping me out, but I'd rather go through Jackie. Because there's nothing about a son getting a call from his mom, right? Yeah? And folks, it's the same type of mentality because people think, well, if I go through Mary, my prayers will be more effective. But we all know from reading God's word that nothing could be further from the truth. You know, unfortunately, Mary has been elevated to a place that's really ungodly. And some have even considered Mary, get this, co-redemptrix, which is of equal a standing of our redemption, that she had equal part in our redemption as Jesus did. And so because the Lord knew of this potential pitfall, not only of Mary, but anybody else, really, there's a moment in Jesus' life where there was a, a woman in the crowd that she began to, to say things about Mary. And so listen to what Jesus said. I, kinda, I love this, this passage. He says this. And as he said these things, right, he was in the middle of a teaching, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Amen. Folks, was Jesus trying to dishonor his mother? Of course not. But what he was doing at that moment was helping that, that lady take her focus off someone else and put it on the truth, God's word, that she would live a life according to God's word. And so church, listen, it's healthy for us to look and admire and follow the example of some of the faithful believers in the past. Absolutely. But child of God, never make the mistake to think that your access to the God who loves you is through that other person because that is only through Christ. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. And folks, here is why Christ alone can save you. Write this down as big number two. Because only the person, only the person of Christ can save us. Now, a question that may come up at times in a walk with the Lord is, whether someone else who manages to live a perfect sinless life, could that person, in effect, die for the sins of humanity, just like Jesus did? 
Think about that question, right? Let's say, for example, one of the, the, world, uh, you know, the world religion's leaders, right? Let's say a, a Buddha or Muhammad. Let's suppose that somehow they managed to live a sinless life, which they didn't. They were sinful men just like you and just like me. But let's suppose, for argument's sake, that they managed to live that, sin, that sinless life. The question is, if they would die, would God, would that be enough, their life, to save us? And the answer is no. And here's why. Write this down as letter A and B. Because man cannot save. Instead, listen, only God can save. Only God can save. See, an ordinary sinless man could not have died for us because here's why. It's because the life of a finite man can never pay the price of sin against an infinite God. Does that make sense? Only God himself could save us and pay the price. And so folks, here is the wonder of Christ, is that not only was he fully man, Scripture, scripture teaches that he was also fully God. In fact, listen to what God's word says in Galatians chapter 4, uh, verse 4 and 5. It says this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. So notice, in order to save us, first of all, Jesus had to be born a human being to experience what we suffered, what we go through, but also, more importantly, to be able to stand before God and represent humanity before the Lord, right? And, and before, before God the Father. And so he needed to be born a man, fully man, but he was also fully God. In fact, Titus chapter 2, it says that we are waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great, what, church family? God. Our great God and Savior, who? Jesus Christ. And even after the resurrection, we've all heard of Doubting Thomas, right? One of the disciples who was not there when he resurrected. But when Jesus appeared, he fell and saw Jesus resurrected. He fell down to his knees and he exclaimed, my Lord and my what? And my God. And so, folks, listen, since he was fully God, only his blood could atone for our sins before a holy and righteous God. So only the person of Christ, no one else, could have died for us. But not only that, but also write this down as big number three. Only the work, not only the person, but also only the work of Christ can save us. And here is the first way that only the work of Jesus could save us. Write this down, letter A. Because Christ is our mediator of peace with the Father. Now, let's go back to our text for today. And we, I want you to track along with me because we're going to pick out a lot of some nuances that I think we're going to learn a lot. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith or declared righteous. We learned that last week. I want to encourage you, go back and listen to that message. It's very important. It says, we have, what's the next word? Peace. peace. We have peace 
with God, God the Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things that most people do not realize is that apart from Christ, Scripture calls us that we were enemies of God, that we were at war with God. And folks, being enemies of God, listen, what was coming down to humanity was the righteous wrath of God because of our sin. And so we were in direct opposition with God. And so one of the things that Christ did was that he became a mediator of peace with the Father. In fact, this is why God's word says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says this. It says, for there is one God and there is one what? Mediator. Mediator. One mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. Now, if you have your Bibles open to 1 Timothy, circle the word mediator for just a moment. Because the word there for mediator in the original text, it, it literally means one who stands in between. So, so a mediator is the one who stands between two opposing parties, right, who are at war, who are not in the right terms. And that mediator stands in between to make peace and bring those two parties together. You know, I think usually when we hear the word mediation nowadays, right, we think of a conference room, right? We think of a high-rise, an executive room where two parties come together in, in legal disputes. you got two legal parties that come together. They're opposed to each other. And the mediator works hard at bringing a resolution to bring those two parties together at peace. Or in a global conflict, right? What we see is that we'll see two opposing world powers, right? Where they would come and they want to go at war with each other, but a mediator comes and, and does whatever they need to do to bring peace between those two parties. But folks, the mediation that Christ did for us was not done in a fancy conference room in a high rise. Where he mediated for you and I is at the, is at the cross at Calvary, amen? amen? Listen, at that cross, that is where Christ became a mediator for us. Because when Jesus Christ was being nailed to the cross and he was suffering for our sins, folks, at that moment, he stood between sinful man and holy God. And what sinful man deserved from holy God is righteous wrath for our sins. And so what Jesus did, the way he mediates for us, is instead of that wrath coming down on humanity for our sins, the, at the cross, listen, he absorbs all of God's wrath for us. He absorbs all of his judgment for our sin that he did not deserve. And once the wrath of God was appeased, at that moment, him as a mediator, he brought sinful man and holy God together for fellowship for the very first Time. You see, that is what the cross of Christ did. Are you glad for the Lord? Yeah. In fact, that's why just a few verses later, it says in Romans chapter 5, for if while we were enemies, while you were an enemy of God, while I was an enemy of God, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. And so one of the primary works that Jesus did here on the cross, here on earth, is that at the cross, he became mediator between us and the Father. 
But not only did he come to bring peace between us and the Father, but also write this down as letter B. Christ is also our intercessor of access to the Father. In fact, let's go back to the verse, and I want you to listen carefully. It's a lot of small nuances, but rich, rich theology here. Listen to what it says. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. He was a mediator for us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says, through him, through Christ, we have also obtained what? What's the next word? Access. Access. By faith into this grace in which we stand. So don't miss this. In fact, everyone say, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Everyone say, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Yeah, don't miss this because at the cross, at one point in time, Christ became our mediator of peace. But his work was not done. Because after he died, he resurrected. Scripture says that he ascended into heaven and is now at the right hand of the Father, granting us access to him. So, so, so at one point, he was the mediator, and now he is the intercessor granting us access. In fact, listen to how God's word describes it in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. It says this. It says, consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, through him alone, since he always lives to make what? intercession for them. And then listen to what it says in Romans chapter 8. It says this, Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised and now is at the right hand of God who indeed is interceding for us. You see, church, here's what I want you to understand, internalize this today. The reason that we are able to pray to the Father have a relationship with the Father, have access to the Father, is because Jesus is constantly at the right hand of God interceding for us. And here's what I want you to understand and think through. If Christ ever stopped interceding for us, which he never will, right? But, but just for, for, for argument's sake, if he ever stopped interceding for us, listen, our access to the Father ceases at that moment. We will still be at peace with God, right? Because at the cross, the Lord already absorbed, right, the wrath of God. We are not at peace with God. But just because we're at peace with God doesn't mean that we have access to God. You can be at peace with God very far away. But the fact that he is interceding for us grants us access, listen, not only for the rest of your life, but for the rest of eternity. Whatever's going on in your life, listen, God knows you have access to him at whatever you want because of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me end with this. You know, many of you know that my office is actually located here at the Palmetto Bay campus and everyone knows the staff and, every, you know, our church knows that. Listen, my, my office is always open whenever you want to come and talk. Man, I'm always open. My door is always open. But there are certain few moments where people do not have access to me. 
And, and but for the most part, that's when I'm working on a sermon or something very important, right? Because I got to focus. I want to be sure that I'm doing my best to serve you here. And the person who makes sure, who makes sure that no one gets through that door and has access to me is my terrific assistant, Daphne Santamaria. Yeah, she is phenomenal. She, many people don't know her name, but she does a lot for church. In fact, can we just give a, 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 an encouragement for her? She does a lot for us. And so in many ways, she is like the gatekeeper to me. But church, there is one person that has free access to me whenever they want. And that is my little girl, Camila. Listen, when my little girl comes to my office, listen, she has free and unfettered access to her father. Whether she's happy or sad, whether she's anxious or at peace, whether she's discouraged or encouraged, it does not matter what is going on in her little life. Listen, the moment that she wants access to me, she has it at all times. And here's why only she has access to me. Because she's my daughter. She's my daughter. And because she is my daughter, listen, she will always have access to me, no matter what I'm doing in life. She can come to me. And folks, look, what, what an image of how we, the children of God, have access to our Heavenly Father. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life right now. Financial struggles, marital issues, anxiety, work issues, family. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life. Listen, if you are a child of God, you have access to your heavenly Father who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the almighty God, the sovereign God, you have access to your Father. What a blessing that is, that whenever we want to say a prayer, we want, we can commune with our heavenly Father, just like Camila runs into my arms, we can run into our Father's arms. Why? Because we're His children. And who knows, maybe you're here right now and you feel you're not connected to God. Maybe you feel you don't have access to God and your reason you don't feel like you don't have access to God is because you're not a child of God. Listen, we all are creations of God, but only the children of God have access to the Father. You're wondering, Omar, what do you, what do you mean by that? Like, how can I become a child of God? Well, listen to what John chapter 1 says. But to all who did receive him, to all who believed in his name, to those he gave the right to become children of God. See, the Bible is very clear that when you come before the Lord, and you confess your sin before the Lord, and you put your faith and trust in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. You know what the Lord does? At that moment, listen, He forgives you of all of your sins. He adopts you as a son and daughter. And for all eternity, you will have a loving father-son, father-daughter relationship with the God who loves you that will never end. But the question is, listen, will you trust Christ today? start a relationship with the Father. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, today as 
we just studied this wonderful verse in Romans chapter 5, we recognize, God, what an amazing privilege. It's not that only the fact that we have peace with you through Christ, but we have access to you, oh God, because of what the Lord did. Father, my prayer for all of us today here at CF is that we would treasure that thought and that when we have things going on in our life, Father, we would run to you and that we would talk to you and commune with you. But with all heads bowed and all heads closed, listen, if you're here today and you're thinking, oh, man, I, I don't have a relationship with God, but I want to. I want to start this journey with the Lord. It's very simple. All you have to do is put your faith in Christ. And so if you feel like you're ready, like you're ready to take that step, listen, I want to lead you through a prayer. And like I said earlier, if you recall, listen, when you pray this prayer, you don't pray this to me. I'm only a man. I cannot say. You pray to God who's listening to you right now. And he's waiting for you, not with crossed arms in judgment, but with open arms. Why? Because he loves you. So if that's you, pray this quietly to yourself. My Lord, today I come before you and I confess all of my sin, oh God. And I realize how far away I was from you. But today, Lord, I realize that now I have access to you because of Christ. And so, Father, I come and I put my trust in you. No longer relying on myself, on my good works, on my traditions, but, Father, solely on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Save me today, O oh Lord, and help me to live a life now that honors you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. I love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and all of God's people say, amen. Hey, at all campuses, can you encourage those? Come on, a little louder. Those of us who came to know Christ, listen, if you prayed that prayer, I want to challenge you with this. On your way out, listen, just don't go to the car. Stop by our next step booth. It's right out there. You'll see a big banner next step booth. Our team is there to receive you. We'll take a, a few minutes, one or two minutes. We'll give you a Bible, and then we can connect it to one of our pastors or leaders who can help you now take steps in your journey with God. But you've got to make that stop for a moment so we can connect with you. Or if you're online, go to cfmiami.org slash connect. Fill out that form so that we can connect with you and help you take steps now in your new journey with, with the Lord, right? Well, we're going to call all campus pastors to the front at all campuses. CF, be back next week. As we cover the fourth Sola, we, we are saved through Scripture alone. It's going to be awesome, right? Christ, I love you all. Have a great, great day.